Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the flag. What do those words mean to you? Thank you, America, for your strength, your courage, and for our freedom, which has been a beacon to the world for 200 years. Of the United States of America. Whose bright stars are 50 states, each bearing its own stamp of individuality. People, 200 million strong. People who have come to earth from all corners of the earth. A land of laws and an ingenious system of checks and balances that allows no man to become a tyrant and lets no group prevail if their power is not tempered with a real concern for the government. A land where the right of dissent and free speech is jealously guarded, where the ballot box is the sword and the people its wielder. A land where freedom of worship is a cornerstone of her being. A land graced with temples and churches, synagogues and altars that rise in profusion to embrace all the religions of the world. A land forged by the hot steel of raw courage, informed forever by the awful crucible of civil war. pursuit of an honest life will not be denied his chance. Other citizens move freely within her vast borders without hindrance or fear, a land brimming with opportunity, where freedom of choice is the guideline for all. The courts of our land are open to all. Its wheels of justice grind for all causes, all people. They look to every avenue for justice every concern of the law, and they temper their reasoning with mercy for all.
in this campaign has been telling us that the issues of this election are the maintenance of peace and prosperity. The line has been used, we've never had it so good. I won't have to worry about putting gas in my car. I won't have to worry about paying my mortgage. You know, if I, if I help him, he's going to help me. But I have an uncomfortable feeling that this prosperity isn't something on which we can base our hopes for the future. The, the key point I'm making right now is that uh, the economy is moving in a positive direction. And yet our government continues to spend $17 million a day more than the government takes in. You're telling me we got to go spend money to keep from going bankrupt? The answer is yes, I'm telling you. We've raised our debt limit three times in the last 12 months. And now our national debt is one and a half times bigger than all the combined debts of all the nations of the world. We're going to raise the debt limit. Uh, we always have. Uh, we will do it again. We have $15 billion in gold in our treasury. We don't own an ounce. I have been informed by the, that the majority plans to block consideration of uh, this amendment, which is number 1367, regarding the transparency at the Federal Reserve. Foreign dollar claims are $27.3 billion. It said that China has now surpassed Japan as the U.S. government's largest creditor, owning at least 10% of all U.S. debt perhaps as much as $700 billion. And we've just had announced that the dollar of 1939 will now purchase 45 cents in its total value. President Obama is expected to face tough questions over the U.S. decision to pump $600 billion freshly printed dollars into its economy. Now, the move is an attempt to revive the country's finances, but will result in the devaluation of the dollar. We're at war with the most dangerous enemy that has ever faced mankind in his long climb from the swamp to the stars. We've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of uh, uh, world order that I think all of us would like to see. And it's been said if we lose that war and in so doing lose this way of freedom of ours. You'll construct a legal regime to make indefinite detention legal. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. But I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. For some trips, it'll be faster than flying without the pat down. Anna was was picked to go through. Pretty much everybody except the baby was, was picked to go through uh, the, the scanner. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. I am America! That's in the Bible! Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. I've got a core set of values that uh, I think have to be advanced um, and, and 
that I, my individual salvation depends on uh, our collective salvation. You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. We had an election, and it was about a direction for our country. And regardless of their sincerity, their humanitarian motives, those who would trade our freedom for security have embarked on this downward course. In this vote harvesting time, they use terms like the Great Society, or as we were told a few days ago by the President, we must accept a greater government activity in the affairs of the people. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. In the end, in the end, that's what this election is about. Well, the trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant, it's just that they know so much that isn't so. It, over the course of 10 years, it would cost what it would cost us. It, it, <laughs> All right. Okay. We're going to. It, it would cost us about the same as it would cost. Well. Now, one side. Good evening, folks. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report, and I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Listen, um, I didn't, uh, I wasn't able to broadcast the show last night because. Who of, is the man who calls himself Barack? Storms. Who is the man who calls himself Barack Hussein Obama? We'll get to that in a minute. But right now, I'd like to explain last night's uh, show, or lack thereof. Last night, I was about to broadcast, and then, uh, and and suddenly, the the power went out, and I was in, unable to broadcast. A lot of you may know that we're having some severe storm weather uh, here in the beautiful state of Virginia and Maryland, and um, you may hear in the background a little bit of thunder. Uh, maybe even the crack of lightning. We we got some severe storms happening here. It all started just uh, the day after Barack Obama announced. Uh, I mean, the uh, the Supreme Court uh, verdict was announced. Hmm. Coincidence? Perhaps. All right. Let's get right down to it. Your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones, Ph.D. Um, today's date. July 3rd, just one day before we celebrate the July 4th holiday. July 3rd, 2012, beautiful Old Town Alexandria is where I can be found. United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Before we get started with tonight's topics, I'd like to... uh, to uh, provide the uh, contact number, the contact, uh, well, the call-in number is 347 884-8500. Who is Barack Hussein Obama? Let's explore. Just a little bit. Barack Hussein Obama. Although his political career has been built on the life narrative of two autobiographies he supposedly wrote himself. These autobiographies are in fact partially works of fiction, full of omissions and diversions seemingly intended to conceal Obama's past. And beyond the books... Those who have tried to carefully research Barack Obama's past have run into a chain of outright roadblocks. This pattern of concealment, diversions, and omissions has led some people to say that he's the most secretive presidential candidate ever. So let's start with what seem to be the most fundamental questions. 
What is his name, and where was he born? The answer, it depends on who you ask. Obama claims that he was born in Hawaii, but his grandmother and some siblings say he was born in Kenya, the land of his father. In an attempt to prove he was born in Hawaii, one of his official websites posted a birth certificate, which turned out to be a crude fake. We don't even have any baby pictures to show where he might have been born. In fact, it's not until his elementary school in Indonesia was searched that we found any real proof of anything on paper. And it turns out that there, his real name was Barry Sotoro. In fact, there has been so much concern over where Barack Obama was born that at least four lawsuits have been filed to try to get to the bottom of the matter, and Barack Obama has not helped by producing any valid birth certificate. By the way, according to the United States Constitution, one has to be a natural-born citizen of the United States in order to actually become president. When Barack Obama became a lawyer in the United States, he actually concealed his previously used identities that we've referred to earlier. To our knowledge, why he did this has never been satisfactorily explained. You may have noticed from the documents we showed you earlier that Barack Obama was raised in the religion of Islam. In other words, he was a Muslim. Perhaps because of this, Obama has gone to great lengths to portray the American side of his family, in other words, his mother and his grandparents on his mother's side, as religiously very normal. The truth, however, is quite different. Obama's grandparents appear to have traveled halfway across the country in order to attend a very unusual church. This church was nicknamed the Little Red Church by the neighboring churches because of this particular church's support for Red Communist China at a time of high tensions in the Cold War. This church does not appear to make mention of Jesus anywhere, and they take pride in not having what they call Christian bias. But stranger even than that, this church has listed itself in the Witches of the World directory under a listing of covens. If you don't know what a coven is, look it up. There, they proudly proclaim that their congregation is full of Wiccan and pagan families. Barack Obama's mother may have actually brought him back to this congregation from Hawaii. All right, and we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Are we... Are we in the midst of a um, of a civil war? I was talking to a friend last night, and um, we talked about um, you know the promise of uh, Barack Obama and that and how he came into office and um, stated that he would um, usher in a new way of uh, politics, that there would be no red states or blue states. Uh, but uh, only the United States of America, and that he would seek to usher in uh, a way of dealing with uh, both Republicans and Democrats to bring about a consensus about how uh, best to govern the country while he serves. It's been nearly four years, and the country is more divided than ever. Now, some of my ethnic friends, black folks, will say that, well, white folks may have gone out and voted for Barack Obama, but now the hoods, no, no, now, and I quote, the hoods have come off, end quote. You see, in the in, in a certain segment of the population in a certain community, uh, 
if you don't agree with the president of the United States and if you don't like his policies, somehow that makes you a racist, that um, you're a Klansman, a sellout, um, or just a plain old-fashioned dirty capitalist. That's what you are if you don't agree with the president. But more more prevalent, you're a racist if you don't agree with him. I happen to believe that Obama is the ultimate affirmative action hire. He was hired because he looks the part, he dresses the part, he's got at this time the right color. A whole lot of white guilt went into bringing Barack Hussein Obama to the presidency and the fact that he is a socialist, Marxist, if not outright communist. He's sort of a pseudo hybrid socialist. He wants um, there to be capitalism, but only uh, as long as that capitalism is under his control, i.e. the government's control, but only a select few companies to sort of run things. Uh, But my question tonight, for those of you listening to my show, is has this guy, this man, put us on the brink? Are we at the point where we were back in 1776? To paraphrase uh, uh, Larry the Cable Guy, I don't care who you are. You have to admit that Thomas Jefferson certainly had a way with words. (laughs) In this short section from the Declaration of Independence, he not only describes the duty of citizens to oust an oppressive, despotic government, but he also identifies the major reasons why it hasn't happened already. So let's take a look at what is arguably the key phrase in the paragraph In the Declaration of Independence, according to all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evil, evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms of which they are accustomed. Now, under King George III, the accumulation of abuses hit a tipping point that moved Americans from the suffer evil, while evil are sufferable, to viewing those abuses as intolerable. Under Barack Obama and those of a similar mind in subordinate positions to him, such as Eric Holder, Michael Bloomberg, and others, the abuses which we have suffered have accumulated to the same point we were at in 1776. Now, it's debatable. Yes, it is. But I'm here to debate. And if you care to share your theories, uh, I can be reached at um, 347-884-8500. You'll be on the air with thousands of folks across the country and indeed around the world. Share your views. If you disagree, fine. If you agree, even better. The abuses under this president can no longer be tolerated. We can't afford, we can't afford as a nation to a consonance of such violations of the underpinning of our democratic republic, the Constitution. Now, I listen to blog blog talk radio shows across the country, 
uh, terrestrial radio as as well as internet radio. Uh, HOV radio, uh, hosted by Loki. I well, I was on his show the night of the um, that the Supreme Court issued its uh, its verdict. He was such to the point where he he seemed like he was about to cry. People are upset. Progressives ignore history in many cases because they feel that they are so much smarter and more intellectual than people were in the past. And that whatever mistakes were made back then, whenever then was, will not be repeated since there's so much smarter that they could possibly they couldn't possibly make the same mistakes again not possibly for example well you know any examination of history tells us that it's not the huge screw-ups by the elites that trigger revolutions. It's inevitably something that looks minor to the elites and yet causes a reaction that catches those self-same those self-same elites totally by surprise. The difference is that it's most often the small things that is, that affect people personally. And for example, the Fast and Furious gun tracking program is looked on by most citizens as being flawed and uh, an overreach. And yet it does not rise to the level of triggering, triggering a, vo- a revolt. Why? Because it does not affect most of us individually and personally. The idea that the White House leaked all that classified in- information annoys people. But most view it as not affecting most of them individually and personally. But consider, if you will, Obamacare. Mayor Bloomberg's assertion that he has the authority to tell you what size soda you're allowed to buy. Janet Napolitano's TSA pat-downs. Ken Salazar's boot-on-the-neck attitudes. The claim that the president can decide what and what is not actually part of religion. And the continuing economic disaster that surrounds each and every one of us. Each of these things affects most people personally. Which is why there is such pushback against both ideas. It appears that we have finally reached we finally reach that tipping point where nearly everything from this point forward is likely to be viewed by voters as impacting them individually and personally. And that impact will probably probably not be applauded. We see that once the mandate, the individual mandate was upheld as a tax, 
And President Obama's poll numbers tanked. Now, Romney leads in most battleground states because he has vowed to repeal Obamacare on day one. Folks, have we finally reached the tipping point? Have we finally gotten to the point where civil war is inevitable? Well, there will be a revolt against this administration. I'm not so much speaking in terms of a a shootout, a violent revolt. I'm speaking more in terms of this coming November, where there will be a massive turnout of not just conservatives, but independents and, yes, some Democrats. Now, let's go back. Let's go back just a bit. Let's go way back. President Eisenhower. The Eisenhower administration. Eisenhower enjoyed his rounds of golf, and President Clinton enjoyed um, mingling with the Hollywood elites. Yet there was not a groundswell of bitterness toward either man. The economy was humming along, and the ordinary person in the street was reasonably content with the conditions of his or her life. In fact, I myself, your humble host, voted for President Clinton the first time around. Yes, it's true. But at that time, speaking of Eisenhower and Clinton, the world was a relatively safe place, safe and stable. But let's take a quick look at what the person on the street sees around himself, looks around and sees today. Well, (laughs) before we do that, why don't we take a short break? And then, let's take a look deeper into what's really going on here in the United States of America. What's really going on with our president, where the American people stand. Let's do the math. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm your host. 13.4 trillion is a huge number, but most people don't really understand how big that really is. So, let's do the math. For example, did you know that our galaxy, the Milky Way, has 450 billion stars? But our current national debt, which is about $14.4 trillion, is 32 times the number of stars in our galaxy. That's 100,000 light years across. If you laid $1,000 bills end to end, you could go to the sun and back over seven times. You should be hot about this burning ball of debt. Obama and the Democrats have nearly doubled the deficit in two years. What galaxy do they live in? Do the math and beam Obama out of office in 2012. Down to an app.
Out of respect, they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize without him doing anything, and he took it. He changed health care for millions of Americans. Healthcare for millions of Americans, even though they liked what they had. He says he will tell Iran to quit making nukes and they will stop because he is just that good. To him, the Supreme Court is nothing but an unelected group of people. You want precedent? He is the president. He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president. Vice President, just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Martin call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. <laughs> I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. And I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. The the, uh, Fox Nation, of which I subscribe to, points out that the president should get ready, uh, should brace for more bad news on the economy. Now, as you may, as you may recall, the president, President Obama, well, was trailing in the polls behind John McCain in the closing months of the um, of the campaign in 2008, and suddenly the economy tanked, um, and McCain fell behind, never recovered. Barack Hussein Obama stated that he would fix the economy and that all would be right with the world and that the jobless number would not go above 8%. Well, we're bracing for Thursday where it is wildly anticipated that the jobless number will go up uh, from 82 to 8.3%. So Obama is bracing for more bad news with the economy. He is about to suffer the same fate as John McCain. How do you like me now? So let's take a look at what you and me, the average person on the street, has to deal with under this president. The one, the Messiah... The combination of FDR and Lincoln, the American economy is still in the tank, as I stated. Though the domestic unemployment of 8-plus percent appears to be a permanent fixture, if not higher. Nations in the Middle East are building nuclear weapons or are melting down into civil war and starting to involve their neighbors. The North American or North African nations along the Mediterranean coast are being taken over by religious zealots with an axe to grind against the United States and a jihadist desire to martyr themselves. 
Europe is on the verge of imploding economically and perhaps politically as well. The People's Republic of China, they're flexing their military muscle at us. While the while its economy is reacting to the rest of the globe's economic malaise and beginning to contract. Russia has a new president who dreams longingly of becoming the next czar. Not one appointed by, by Obama, by the way. U.S. soldiers serving in Pakistan and Afghanistan are unable to turn their backs on their allies for fear of being killed by one of their partners in the war against al-Qaeda and the Taliban. With this environment, with this environment when compared to Eisenhower or Clinton, is it any wonder why the average American feels that there is something amiss with the president? Or when the president appears to be consistently playing golf, attending yet another fundraiser with the... um, Hollywood elites, or dashing off for a vacation on the taxpayer's dime to revel in yet another exotic locale and accomplishing not much of anything to alleviate any of the above crises. We have in our employ the laziest president that this nation has ever seen. One would think that the President of the United States would have a damn cot in his office and be on the phones with leaders across the globe and, in fact, businessmen around the country in an effort to solve the problems that ail this country. One would think that the President of the United States would care just a little bit more about his country and make an effort to heal the wounds that are dividing us. That's his job. Yet he doesn't do his job. He golfs. He attends fundraiser after fundraiser. He begs American citizens for money. He cajoles demanding money for his campaign efforts. He parties like a rock star. He sits with actors and actresses, stars of the big screen as well as small. He is partying and having a great time on our dime whenever he flies Air Force One from here to there. It costs the American taxpayer an average of $250,000 an hour just for him to fly from here to New York. He is quite possibly the laziest, most arrogant president ever. Now, his mantra of change revolves around raising taxes, allowing anyone at all to stroll into our country and suffer no penalty, announcing that Catholics must set aside 
a basic doctrine of their faith to satisfy his desire to look like a hero to the ladies. This, by the way, is the same man who claims to be reading Thomas Aquinas and St. Augustine in the Situation Room of the White House while doling out death from the sky on a retail basis and claiming that such actions make him a really, really gutsy guy. The Chicago re-election campaign staff of the president seems unable to convince Obama to change his self-centered and sensitive behaviors. That assumes, of course, that they even notice that his attitudes and behaviors are beginning to grate on the nerves of the ordinary American who's wondering how he's going to feed his kids this week. Black leaders across the country believe that they've been sold a bill of goods by this president because he has stabbed them in the back in terms of the overall jobless number in the black community around the country. Now, it's true that Obama will get over 90% of the black vote, but how many of those folks are going to go out and vote for him? One wonders... Well, it's not going to be easy. But are we at the tipping point of a new civil war? Are we at the point where we will say enough? And will that time come before the election in just four short months? Already, citizens across the country are stocking up. I happen to own a business, a web business, that sells survival gear and food stocks. A year's worth of food can be purchased on uh, one of my business websites, the kind that survivalists buy. Citizens across the country are stocking up on guns and ammunition because they are unsure of what's going to happen this coming November. I have been inundated with emails, tweets, texts. My companies, my companies can't keep guns, ammo, and and survival gear in stock. I am back ordered. This is a signal. A lot of businessmen who have businesses similar to mine that sell ammunition, weapons, um, survival gear, food, water, generators, all of that, they're, they're saying the same things. They can't keep their shelves stocked, their warehouses stocked. There are people out there, and I'm not just talking about those 
folks out in the boonies, you know, out in the hollows of West Virginia and, you know, places like that, you know, out in, you know, Tennessee and Kentucky, my white brothers out there, and even some of my uh, my black hillbillies, because there are some of those. I'm not just talking about those folks. I'm talking about folks from Chicago, Detroit, Miami, Richmond, Amarillo, Texas, New Orleans all across. They are ordering. I can't keep things on the shelves. I believe that these groups of people are preparing for the next civil war. If Barack Hussein Obama is reelected this coming November. Now, the, the Chicago re-election campaign staff of the president seems unable to convince Obama of anything. I mean, dude, tone it down. Stop golfing every other day. Actually, get into your office and do your damn job, you lazy bastard. They're telling him this. It's true that the president of the United States is more in love with being president than actually doing the job of president. We have a call on the line. We'll take our call. Caller, you're on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I am listening to you, and I agree we're at a tipping point. And uh, we've got to do some some stuff to, to change all of this. Well, you know, I think unlike a lot of um, a lot of um, radio hosts, bloggers, um, and even terrestrial radio hosts like my main man Rush Limbaugh, I believe that Justice Roberts tipped the scales in the favor of Americans who believe in freedom and justice. I don't I don't see his what he did, his vote is a betrayal. I believe I that okay, tell tell me why. Okay. Uh Article one, section eight. Mm-hmm. That is justification for taxation based on the census. All right. Now this 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 tax that Obama's gonna be putting in, all these twenty something taxes, none of them are based on the census. They mm-hmm. are based on compliance. Yeah. So that's not justified, in my view, under Article One, Section Eight. The only other authorization for taxation is under the Sixteenth Amendment. Mm-hmm. And since it's not a tax on income, I I don't see and I don't understand. And maybe you can explain that to me. Why Why is that tax constitutional? Well, here's the thing. It isn't. This is the brilliant here herein lies the brilliance of what Roberts did in labeling what Obama is doing uh, what Obamacare is um the individual mandate as a tax he's pretty much awakened not just conservatives to the to what's happening not, but 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 independents as well as as a lot of democrats because tax is a dirty word in this country, which is why, yes. which is I, why uh, I, I, the IRS has such a terrible reputation. So what? And 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 if you read his opinion, 
He's saying that if we want to get rid of Obamacare, if we want it to go away and this tax to go away, we need to make Barack Hussein Obama go away. Read what he wrote. I you know what I I agree with that, but at the same time, it's not his it's it's not his job to decide on what our political decisions were. It's it's his job to interpret the Constitution. And if he's interpreting the Constitution and saying that, well, this is constitutional under the tax, I I I, I just don't get it. I don't I don't see that. Well, and and here's where 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 we agree because um you know the the uh, the attorneys for the administration argued that it wasn't a penalty, it was a tax. And um the administration said that it was not a tax. And <laughs> Roberts uh, Roberts went with the tax deal. You know, and it's, I, it's, I can I you know I see where you're going with that and and I agree uh, you know from a from a popular standpoint you know I'd love to get it shot down any way we can but I I feel like Roberts abandoned his principles towards the Constitution. I think that here, here's the thing here's what I think I agree with you uh, but I also agree that. Barack Obama stood before the verdict a better chance of being reelected than he does now. His chances of being reelected president of the United States as a result of this verdict have gone down at least 20 to 30 percent because it's unpopular. And Romney has capitalized not to the extent that I would have liked to have seen by saying that if you elect me, it's gone. It's gone. It's done. And and, and conservative uh, uh, um, senators are saying that if you elect me, candidates are saying, then it's gone. It's gone. It's done. It's finished. So what's what's better to get rid of right now? Barack Hussein Obama or this individual mandate or Obamacare? Because there is a possibility that we could have one without the other. At this juncture, we're at a point where we can get rid of both. In one fell swoop. Well, well let, let me ask. Let me ask you this, sir, because this is at the crux of the whole thing. Is would you rather suffer four years of an individual, or would you rather suffer the sacrifice of our constitution? I. W- I, I I think I would much rather have uh, Barack Obama as president with the Senate and the and and the uh, and and the Congress in the hands of Republicans and they you know contur- curtail his the damage that he can do than to have Obamacare. But I think it's my opinion rather that what the justices have done, what Roger, Roberts has done, along with the bad economy is going to sink Barack Hussein Obama. And Romney will be able to come in and we'll get rid of we 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 will have gotten rid of Obama, sent him packing, and mm-hmm. we will have overturned Obamacare with Romney in office. I think it's a twofer. You, I mean I, I see you know what? A, I, I I agree with you on that. 
it's just I have a lot of fear that we have sacrificed some important constitutional principles, yeah. and, and 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 some of that being the the authority of our Supreme Court to to render a decision based solely on the Constitution or based on political values. And I think we have suffered a loss in that in that venue. Yes. I and I agree we have. We we we've lost a lot under this president. Um and I I'm not sure what Roberts was thinking. You know, I, I, I just don't but I suspect that I suspect that his his verdict, his vote delivered the coup de gras to Obama's reelection efforts. Not only is Obama begging for money to finance his campaign, the economy is tanking. As I stated earlier in the um in the show, uh it it's a good bet that on Thursday the jobless number is going to go from 8.2 to 8.3%. I agree. The Obama, the, the the Affordable Care Act is wildly unpopular. It was unpopular before the Supreme Court put out its ruling. Now we, it's understood that there are going to be taxes left and right, not just on the one percent, but on people making anywhere from a hundred thousand dollars a year on down. This guy has got nothing going for him right now. He can't say that he can't he can't put out saying that well we've created four million jobs or that the economy is moving in the right direction. He can't he's got nothing nothing to speak to here. He can't even say that the Affordable Care Act is a good thing. I mean he's, I, you know he's pretty much I, done. I have no disagreement with you on any of that. I just don't think it was in the place of the Supreme Court to weigh in on our political values and decisions that his decision should have been based strictly on the Constitution. Yeah. And I, I don't understand. You know, if somebody could explain to me how this tax, these 21, 22 taxes or whatever from Obamacare, how they are justified under Article 1, uh, Section 8, or the 16th Amendment, that's what I would like to hear. Because I don't understand it. I don't see it. Well, Cyber City uh, in the chat room here um, is a is an attorney, uh, although um, I'm not sure whether or not she is uh, versed in constitutional law. Um the supreme the supremes and indeed um uh, roberts laid out his rationale that um that the administration that congress rather has the uh, authority to tax under the com- commerce law that that and and he he spelled it out um i'm not so sure if he he spelled it out in you know to to our satisfaction but under the you know, the, the Congress does well, have I, the, I, the right. I, to I, tax. I thought I thought he I thought he threw it out on on the Commerce Clause. Well, yeah, uh, but he did state that uh, Congress has the power to mandate the tax. Uh, that what authority? 
Well, see, I don't know that because I'm just a historian, not a you know, not a not a not a not a not an attorney or. Well, you know. I'm just a tea partier, so you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so am I. So am I. But um, you know, uh, here's the thing: as Cyber Keep uh, has pointed out in her uh, tweets and 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 on my show that um, the Republicans need 60 votes in order to o- overturn the tax. Um, l- lawyers across the country. Are state, stating that only and and senators have stated recently that only fifty one votes are needed to overturn the tax. Now I'm not sure if Cyber uh, knows this or not, or if she agrees with it. But what we need, it's going to be very easy. Fifty one votes will overturn this tax in the Senate. And. So there, there are a variety of ways to set this right. One is to get rid of Obama, which will happen. I have Of that, I have no doubt. Two is 51 votes in the Senate. Or Mitt Romney becomes president. As it stands or today. Or all of the above. Or all of the above, indeed. And <laughs> as it stands now, you know, it's not looking good for the president. It's not looking good at all, and he can, you know, uh, uh, try to shore up his base all he wants. It's not going to help him because people are going to vote with their wallets. You know, it, you know, he wears a nice suit. He speaks well when he's got when he's got a teleprompter in front of him. You know, he's basically a con artist who's been elected president. He, and people see through him. He's buck naked. He's the emperor with no clothes. He's pretty much done for. I have no argument with any of that. Yeah. And 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 so what we need is 51 votes in the Senate to overturn this uh, the, the the tax and get rid of Obama. And Obama Obamacare is going to sink him. It's an albatross around his neck. So, with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, and get ready to end the show. I do thank you for your call. I appreciate you calling in and discussing it. Um, but uh, you know, things will be set right, and okay. they'll be set well, let me, right. Let me ask you one question, real quick. Is is strictly on constitutional principle? Yeah. Would Would you agree that Roberts made the wrong decision? Yes, but I also think that Robert did what he did to spite Obama. He pretty yep. much he pretty much cuz he didn't help Obama with his decision. I think what oh, he did I, was know, very, I, I agree. I agree 100%. I think it's what he did was very clever, especially in light of what he wrote concerning if you want to that that it's not his job to decide what laws are just and what laws are right. It's our job to go to the ballot, and I'm paraphrasing, to go to the ballot box and write this situation. He basically said to us, if we want to right this wrong, Obama needs to go. We need to go do it at the ballot box. Yep. And and, and, and I, I, agree, I agree with that. Which, I, I really which, is why, which is why we had so many Democrats come out this weekend 
and say, oh no, it's not a tax, it's a penalty. They're, they're, they were all out all weekend long because the word tax is a dirty, filthy word to the American people. And I don't care who you are, whether you're, whether you're at the lowest income level or the highest, tax is no good. So by labeling this a tax, this, this mandate a tax, Obama did no favors to this administration, none, mind you. He put oh, the yeah, name. because Obama said nobody under $250,000 would get taxed. Exactly, and remember what sank George Herbert Walker Bush. Read yeah, my read lips. my lips. Oh, new tax. <laughs> what goes for George Herbert Walker will certainly go for Barack Hussein Obama. And with that, the thunder, I don't know if you hear it in the background, but I tell you what, the thunder is is happening, so we got to get up out of here. Hey, thank All you right. so much call i do appreciate it uh tune in tomorrow if you can for our um you know our holiday special um i will i will try to i i got some family commitments but uh, as do i so i'll probably be running something um you know something a little bit uh you know as quick quick as i can but anyway thanks thanks for the call and uh and and we're we're gonna tune in we're gonna get out of here all right You've been listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report, and I am your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Tomorrow we're going to have a, 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 a Fourth of July special going on. It's going to be some semi-automated. I'll be uh, in and out, but it's going to be it's going to be a pretty great show, very informative. Um, listen in if you can. I know a lot of you have commitments, but if you can't listen in, you know, feel free to uh, download the show. Um, you know, over the course of the weekend, we do appreciate it, and we appreciate all our listeners. Once again, I want to thank you all for listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Cyber City is just beside herself in the chat room today. Cyber, 51 votes is all it's going to take to overturn the tax in the Senate. 51. That's all. Well, folks, good night. And God bless you. Hey, tune in to my main man, 2020 Radio. He's got a great show coming up. Uh, I think it's tomorrow. I don't want to say today. But GGT 183, uh, his show is later on tonight at 1130. So if you got to get up and go pee after you fall asleep tonight, and you know, feel free to tune in to his show. Well, once again, we got some bad weather here in Virginia. I don't know if you heard the thunder and lightning going on, but... Uh, more the thunder, rather. Um, good night, folks, and uh, God willing, we'll be back here tomorrow. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We are out. <laughs>